Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The market will do anything to find something that works for them. And yes, oil prices are down. Oil is back below $100 a barrel. $99.31 as we speak on the Brent crude in West Texas, $95.23. And that sent the markets up over 400 just a couple hours ago. Now the Dow is up 282 and the NASDAQ is up 230. What does that mean for the rest of the day? What does that mean for the rest of the week? We already know that the Fed is going to see a rate hike this week. What is CNBC forecasting or saying? That forecasters see a growing chance of a recession. Funny, we talked to an economist, Dr. Matt Will, about that a few weeks ago and said, did you just say recession? And he said, oh, yes, I did. It's amazing how ahead of the curve we often are. But it isn't because we are smarter. It is because we are more honest about the thing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. Uh, Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, you can also reach out on the Twitter box or on Getter at Tony Katz and comment on the show. I will respond Wholesale inflation today was 0.8%. That's the February rate, I should say, it came out today. February rate of inflation increase, 0.8%. You know what Wall Street's doing? They're, they're, they're celebrating. Wall Street is celebrating this number because they were expecting it to be... Point nine percent. Yes, 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 yes. See how exciting that is? It, it beat expectations. So, well, there's a reason to celebrate. The chasm, the gulf between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street, man. Through the roof. But go back to those oil prices. You're like, wait a second. I thought this was all Putin's fault. I was told Putin price hike. I mean, I got the I got the 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 White House, you know, getting the TikTokers on the scene. I will discuss the TikTokers coming up. I have no fear. But if 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 the oil prices are going down, well, I mean, the gas prices will come down soon enough. So so uh, I, I guess it was no big deal. Oh no no, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big and massive deal, and it's certainly isn't done yet, and we are not done seeing the increase in gas prices. I don't believe that for a second. Why should any of us? Things in Ukraine continue to be worse and worse. While they do certainly have an inept military in Russia that has not acted within any rational view of how a military should respond, the bombings continue. Kiev continues to be attacked, and you have some NATO countries, their leaders, visiting Kiev today from Slovenia and the Czech Republic and Poland. You've got Zelensky addressing the Canadian Parliament virtually today, also addressing the European Union. Tomorrow, he's going to address Congress, I assume via Zoom or something like that. We have a, a, a war, an attack, an invasion of Ukraine that rages on. And I've got people worried about labs, as if that's the story. 
And while this is going on, I have bombs being or missiles being uh, sent America's way by Iran. This happening in Iraq. And I've got the Biden administration trying to create a deal regarding nuclear power in Iran, and they're using Russia as the, as the mediator. The whole thing is nuts. Senator Todd Young scheduled to be with us coming up to break down what is going on, his take, and some interesting words from the former Israeli prime minister. And is he talking to Israel? Is he, is he talking to us? Keep it here. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The desperate rush to sign this flawed nuclear agreement with Iran is not only absurd, it's downright dangerous. Yesterday, Iran fired missiles in the vicinity of the American consulate in Iraq. And the U.S. continues to charge ahead along with the other powers to sign a nuclear agreement that will give the Ayatollahs a nuclear arsenal. That was the former prime minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu. In a video that he made, and I'm still wondering, is, is this video made for Americans or was this made for Israelis, reminding people that he's still on the political scene and, and he'll be trying to be the prime minister again very, very soon. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you, but the Iran problem is a real one and it's not getting any press, any coverage, especially as we see them sending rockets and missiles towards the U.S. consulate in Iraq. And as we watch, while we watch Russia invade Ukraine, we see the United States working with Russia to bring Iran to the table for a nuclear deal that we don't even want. Senator Todd Young joins us right now of Indiana. And, sir, I know you've been talking about this. You, you, you've got statements about this on uh, your site, young.senate.gov. But before we get to it, uh, the, the, the latest out of Ukraine tells us that while the Russian military may very well be inept and they are poorly trained, that doesn't mean that an inept, poorly trained military still isn't dangerous. We see a continued movement about trying to engage a siege uh, of Kiev. We see cities that have been taken uh, uh, on on the east. Some cities they haven't taken yet, but they're still engaging a pounding in. Is there a political or diplomatic way of ending this invasion in your view? Thanks for having me on, Tony. Uh, there is. Uh, I'm not sure it's a near-term solution, but uh, we need to keep up the pressure uh, on on the Russian military, on Vladimir Putin. The way we can do that is to continue providing lethal assistance to the Ukrainian people, as, as I just voted to do. Uh, we can further resource them by ensuring that, uh, as uh, President Zelensky uh, addresses members of Congress, uh, we're going to hear from him again tomorrow, and he asks for things, uh, like in this case, some MiG fighter jets uh, that the Poles are willing uh, through us to provide to the Ukrainians, uh, that we are responsive to those requests for assistance. That, in turn, will give President Zelensky uh, and uh, partners and allies 
more leverage uh, to sit down at the negotiating table. Vladimir Putin will be forced to the table and concessions uh, could be forthcoming. But it's only under that scenario where we're going to see an end to this uh, in coming weeks or months. If instead uh, we show any sign of weakness, then Vladimir Putin is going to continue to press, 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 not just in, in Ukraine, but he will push on in Moldova and in, in Poland and the Baltic states and beyond. The only thing this man understands is strength uh, and, and military strength, and that's why it's essential that we continue to resource uh, the freedom fighters in Ukraine. So you're not of, of the belief that the allowing of Poland to take these 29 MiGs that they inherited from the Cold War and allow Ukrainian pilots to basically come on over, get in the planes and fly them back. You don't believe that somehow NATO uh, engaging in a war action and giving Putin more cause to use, uh, whether it's more force or whether it's chemical weapons or something else or get the aid of China. You favor the, the MiGs being allowed over to Ukraine. Yeah, that's not an act of war. If if providing Stinger uh, anti-aircraft missiles, uh, if providing javelin anti-tank weapons to the Ukrainian uh, is is not an act of war, then providing MiG jets is is certainly not of of a different kind of uh, uh, assistance we've been providing uh, thus far. And so, no, I don't think that uh, is an act of uh, provocation or escalation. Moreover, what we're doing here, big picture, is assisting the Ukrainian people in defending sovereignty. Uh, or basically furthering the notion of uh, neutrality. Ukra- Ukraine uh, was uh, a neutral, independent actor. U.S., yes, we had front- friendly relations with them, but we're not a treaty partner. The neutrality of Ukraine was violated by Russia, and we're trying to uphold uh, their neutrality as, as a country. Uh, it is Russia that's committed an act of uh, aggression and of war, and uh, if we assent to that, uh, then other nations will succumb to the same fate. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, let's move it over now uh, to this conversation. Uh, you and I have spoken many times. There are things that I disagree with you on. I don't think that's a surprise or a shock. Uh, but the, the, the covering of Iran in this situation in what it is the United States is trying to do with rebuilding a a nuclear deal and getting this assistance from Russia. This is one of the crazier what the, I mean, I I don't have any other way of saying it, sir. This is a what the hell kind of story. So I do appreciate uh, you writing about it as you did at young.senate.gov, telling President Biden an Iran agreement without broad congressional support will not survive. So first, let's talk about the agreement that Biden is trying to get done right now. Why is he doing it? And what kind of agreement would you be looking for? Yeah, so listen, uh, President Biden has been uh, on on policies, foreign and domestic, captive too often to his far left progressive wing. Uh, he has catered to their whims and, and, and uh, their passions from green energy to uh, to uh, taxes, and uh, and now it seems to the Iran deal. He is desperate to get back into uh, an, an Obama-era deal. But the problem is uh, the, the Moors in Iran have moved the chains on him. 
they they recognize that, that you have a president desperate to get to a deal, and uh, uh, and and he seemingly is is going to stop at at nothing to uh, and enter a deal that's really really bad. So what is on the table right now is is providing substantial sanctions relief in exchange for uh, what the Iranian leadership tells us is merely short-term limitations on their nuclear program. You know, setting aside whether or not they're even going to abide with this deal, this is horrible. The leading state sponsor of terror, which you said in your lead-in, uh, has been responsible in recent days for targeting our diplomats and, and our service members in Iraq, is going to be given more resources to carry out more terror uh, and and uh, what sort? What is? What do we get out of this? Well, we continue to have the ability to inspect their nuclear facilities. But you know what? Before the JCPOA or the Iran Agreement was even inked years ago in 2015, under international law, we had the ability to inspect their weapon sites. So we get nothing out of this deal. We need to walk away from the table. And uh, there may be an opportunity at some point in the future to return to the table. But, uh, you know, we should listen to the Israeli leadership. We should listen to a number of the Gulf partners who absolutely have a vested interest in making sure that Iran does not have more capacity to uh, engage in terror and walk away from this bad deal. But this is more than just, you know... uh, the idea of walking away, it, Biden can't walk away from a deal that he's begging the Iranians to come to. Iran's yeah. not like, hey, let's make a deal. This is Biden saying, please, please, please make a deal. And it very much seems that the only reason Biden is there, that the president is interested in a deal with Iran, is because Donald Trump, former President Trump, got rid of the old deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. And that doesn't seem to me to be a strong strategy for foreign policy. No, it's it's not a strong strategy. Uh, he's over eager to get a deal. Listen, most of the people listening uh, to this show have bought a car, and when you sit across the person selling you a car, you don't spend most of the time talking about how much you love the car, uh, how desperate you are to have a ride, how much you really need this car, how, how your family members are pressuring you uh, to get this car. But this, this is the sort of, of transaction that, that seems to be occurring. No matter uh, how bad things get, how terroristic uh, the Iranian leadership is, uh, how, how nefarious their nuclear weapons development becomes, uh, President Biden seems uh, just as eager to get into a deal. He needs to walk away, and, and he has a golden opportunity now that Vladimir Putin – uh, is is trying to create an economic lifeline through this deal. Putin is essentially uh, saying, okay, uh, we will continue to be supportive of this deal that you, uh, President of the United States, want to uh, advance so badly. Uh, we will continue to uh, uh, pressure the Iranians to get into this deal. But we have to allow Iran, with all of its uh, uh, oil wealth and, and uh, productive capacity, to trade with Russia. Well, listen, uh, we can't give Vladimir Putin a lifeline uh, right now. And, and, and so uh, this should be an opportunity for President Biden to say, that's gone too far. I'm going to walk away from this deal. I'm going to walk away from the progressive elements of my party using Vladimir Putin as the pretext. And he hasn't even done that yet. So uh, this is why Benjamin Netanyahu is, is pleading 
with American legislators, the American people, anyone who will listen to be helpful here, uh, because you know uh, this is a, gr- a great threat to uh, the state of Israel. We cannot accept a nuclear-armed Iran breathing down the throats of the, of the people of Israel. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, I accept the fact that the progressive elements within the Democratic Party, whether you talk about the squad or, or others, uh, either are or absolutely err on the side of anti-Israel or anti-Semitism. I'm willing to say that. You can agree or disagree. Uh, I'm the one who, who said that. But there are other members of the Democratic Party. Are none of them speaking out saying, President Biden, what in the world are you doing here? There are. Uh, Increasingly, we've seen some prominent Democrats who seem to be applying more pressure to the president. We've even had a couple of his political appointees step away from the negotiations process uh, because uh, he seems to be giving away the store. When your political appointees, those, those are people who worked on your campaign, gave money to your campaign, he brought into the administration because uh, he trusted them and, and had a close relationship with them, and, and he thought he saw the world the way they did. When those people are walking away from the negotiating table, that ought to tell you something. So uh, hopefully the president will be responsive to these prominent Democrats in his administration and in Congress who are now blessedly starting to push back. Republicans, make no mistake, though, Republicans are really leading the charge here. And, um, you know, it's it's our patriotic duty to do so when we see such uh, an egregious deal about to be inked. Before I let you go, I've got about a minute left. You have President Zelensky of Ukraine addressing Congress uh, t- tomorrow. Um, after that address, I assume you have a slight idea of what he's going to ask for. Is Congress going to now authorize even more than the $14 billion that's already been authorized? It may. Uh, I'm not sure additional money is needed, uh, but I'm open to that conversation, which is why uh, I voted for an important package the other day that would increase our defense spending uh, by over 5%. Uh, it would also provide uh, the $14 billion you indicated for lethal assistance. Uh, we have to keep the thumb screws on Vladimir Putin if that requires some additional investments to defend their security, and by extension ours, I'm all in. Senator Todd Young, I appreciate taking the time uh, to be with us today. Senator, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you in the days ahead. Uh, this Iran conversation is incredibly important because it shows, and it, when we don't see it reported in the media, there's a reason for it, because it shows exactly how ridiculous the Biden administration is. There's no rational way you can be threatening Russia, and it can be seen as strong, if you're also begging Russia to help you to create a deal with Iran that also isn't strong. That's not even a political statement. That's a rational mind statement, and there's a reason why we don't hear this story, and that's why I was very happy to see uh, Senator Young moving in this direction. I thought it was the give this as much daylight as we can. Again, there's nothing political there. When people hear that, they say, that's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. More to come. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.
Things are desperate over at MSNBC, so much so that, you know, they have to replace Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow is going to move on to doing some other things. Uh, she, she's got other plans. She's maybe a little tired of, of doing uh, the job that, uh, that she's doing. And so um, they're taking a look at Keith Olbermann. I don't know what we're yelling about! Loud noises! All three of those actual quotes from uh, from Keith Olbermann. Can you imagine that they don't have another place to go? They got to go back to that guy who has been screaming at people from his basement for the last three years? It's... It's stunning, absolutely positively stunning Stunning that this would have to be the case. So you got the CEO of NBC Universal, his name's Jeff Schell, and then you've got uh, NBC Universal News Group Chairman Cesar Conde. They were in talks about returning to the network. But Matt, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And according to Alderman, he said, I offered to have her production company produce the show, would give her proxy control and a blank ton of money, but she and Phil Griffin refused. I don't expect to continue negotiations with the successors to this management team. And that management is worse than asleep at the switch. That's Keith Olbermann saying that Rachel Maddow is not leftist or progressive Enough. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Where's the, where, it's a good question. Where's the talent on the left side of the aisle? None of this stuff is easy. So, so, so we understand it. This is not easy stuff. It's not easy to do uh, the TV that, that, that they do, but I would argue that it is absolutely easier than talk radio. This is difficult stuff. But we there are so many people on the political right in talk radio, they get the training to be able to handle the other things. TV people rarely make good radio hosts. Radio hosts very often make very good TV people. Because if something goes wrong, they can handle it. They're used to vamping. They're used to, 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 to filling it in. They're used to it. They, 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 they deal with it all the time. But when we take a look at, at the bench, now you could argue, well, the left has more outlets, so therefore they, they get, they're spread it a little bit more thin. I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to ask the question about where in the world is their bench? I know where the political rights bench is. If you were to talk about Newsmax or Fox News or, or News Nation, which I, I would argue leans right, but I think they see themselves more as a news outlet than an opinion outlet. I've, I've, I can't say that I've ever been approached by the people at News Nation, although it was on yesterday. Uh, but I, but I, I have uh, certainly talked to people about what I would do over there, and it's not anything that they do right now. I'd be much more in the entertainment side of things. The weirdest thing ever said to me, ever, ever said to me, was that I was just, uh, my problem is that I'm part of the entertainment wing of the GOP. I was like, what the, what, what the hell is that? The entertainment wing of the GOP? You mean like Beyonce is part of the entertainment wing of the Democratic Party? What are you talking about? 
all right, she makes more money than I do and someone put a ring on it. Sure. Sure, I could do the thing with the hands, yet no ring comes. I don't get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm married very happily. Just saying. But what's so wrong with the entertainment side of things? I mean, that is where I live and breathe. That's the desire. I want to smoke cigars, drink bourbon, and talk to smart people about smart things. That's what I want to do. Sit there and yell about politics all day? Kiss off. That is blanking garbage. But there are some people who want to do that, and there are some people who want to listen to that, and, and are, all right. Yeah, but you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are and what you're about and what you're, what you're interested in. There are some things that I am just not interested in. The point is, depending on what a network or an outlet was looking for, they'd have a lot of people to choose from because they can have a guy like me or they can have a guy like somebody else or they can have this woman or that person. Where's the left's bench? The answer is the left's bench comes out of who ran political campaigns. That's where their bench comes from. It doesn't come from any media savvy whatsoever. It doesn't come from being able to have a larger scale conversation. It happens from bubbles of elitists who talk to themselves. And it's one of the reasons why they're really, really freaking bad at what they do. And probably the reason why they're still looking at Keith Olbermann, who has beclowned and embarrassed himself like no other. That they might as well try and talk to David Gregory about taking over. Brian Williams, who will tell you uh, he was actually there uh, at the very beginning uh, of that show because he was everywhere. The man lies for a living. Like that's their that's their bench. It's 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 pretty pretty bad stuff. Same thing is true with uh, how they're they're going forth with their politics. Man, they don't have much of a bench. Their bench is, for example, the vice president. <laughs> I'm going to share something with you. Maybe you haven't heard it yet. This was the vice president. Speaking in, I believe it's Poland, about Ukraine. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Let's take a moment to break down this insanity. Oh, that's not necessary. Ari, that's wrong. I played that. First, part one, we'll do part one, part two. Make it easy for you. Part one, part two. You know, I should have warned people. Some people are driving in their cars. There are, there are trucks out there. They don't need to be hearing this. Guys, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. Just keep both hands on the road. If you would, I'd greatly appreciate it. First, part one. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. Tell me what she said right there. Tell me what. Usually when we hear things like this, it's preceded by stuff like this. Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You got hairy legs. 
that turned that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. And then we play some kind of insanity from Joe Biden. But he has been he has been outdone. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. Pretty sorry. I'm going to need that on a loop, please. I'm just going to need that clip. If you can get me that clip, please, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's just precious. That's the vice president of the United States. So in over her head. Oh, no, no, no. Don't tell me it's sexist or racist. Don't care. Kamala Harris is not qualified to be vice president of the United States. She is not smart enough to be vice president of the United States. She doesn't know what is happening around her. She doesn't engage enough. She doesn't read enough. She doesn't have the staff that can do it. She's simply not bright. She's terrible at her job. And if you think otherwise, I think you're a schmuck. You want to call me a racist or a sexist for saying so? Get in the back of the line, people. Holy cow. She's just a fool. Not because I say so, but because she says so. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. I don't think I'm the problem. Just just so we're clear, if noticing things is the problem, well, then I'm guilty. But the problem is clearly the vice president, who is not capable of doing this job. After all, can you feel good about this? So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Well, that's, as long as it's been explained, that, that's, that's all I needed. Good Lord. So that was only part one though. Let's get to part two. Let's get to part two of the insanity that is Kamala Harris right here. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Ukraine is not a NATO nation. OMG, are you kidding me right now? I am not. And what she said was very clear. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. That's what she said. That's not what the transcript says. The White House put out a transcript. And the White House transcript says, the United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people and in defense of the NATO alliance. What did she say? 
the United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. They added the word and. In the official White House transcript, they added the word and. Well, the and makes a big difference because there you're talking about two different things. It's like the defense of the comma. It's the difference between let's eat grandma and let's eat grandma. Commas save lives. She didn't say that. She didn't say it. And the White House just changed the transcript and put it in there. You could say to me, Tony, it's just a slip of the tongue. That's all it is. There's a lot of them. There's a tremendous number of them for Joe Biden and for Kamala Harris. Now, I could be wrong about Kamala Harris. It's just that when you get her out in public, she's not capable. She can't do the public speaking. But behind closed doors, she's got this brilliant Machiavellian mind, and she's able to think around all the corners in the dark room. But we know that's not true either. Because all we hear about is dysfunction from her office as vice president, like all we heard about was dysfunction from her offices when she was running for president in a presidential bid that was so bad she never got to the first primary. She was doing well in debates and she didn't get to the first primary. It's weird to think that that person can't do it on the public stage. I guess she needs months and months and months and months and months and months of training to be able to handle one 90-minute debate, and this requires being able to absorb things on the fly. It's, It's stunning. It really is. And it is dangerous. Not only do they not have a bench, does the political left not have a bench for media, they don't have a bench for the presidency. You understand that, right? This is why Hillary Clinton continues to be a part of the conversation. Ew, David. What? She's going to be the nominee. They can't run Kamala Harris. And Pete Buttigieg? Oh, he's a a disappointment. Remind me to play some Buttigieg. If I get to it, I'll play some Buttigieg. Holy McMackerel. Disappointment and a half. They don't have a bench. Beto O'Rourke? Julian Castro? Who's their bench? Who do they got? The political right has bench. It's got people. On a political level and, and on, a, on a media level. Where they got to make sure they're building out on the political level is in the state races, in the local races. You got to be recruiting. You got to be active. Political parties need to be doing this. And if they're not doing it, they're not worth anything. Being able to throw a nice Lincoln Day dinner doesn't mean jack squat. Being able to win elections and competing in every race, that means everything. I'm Tony Katz. So it was a Fox News journalist named Benjamin Hall who got injured. Their, uh, his vehicle was struck by incoming fire with him was a cameraman, Pierre uh, Zakrzewski. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, and I apologize. 
Uh, Pierre has worked for Fox News for years and was killed in the attack. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. A journalist was killed the other day and now a cameraman. The camera guys are partially crazy, and I say that with all the respect in the world. What they cover, they put themselves in the middle of it, and sometimes when the guy in front of the camera is is walking away, um, they're still there. They are absolutely still in it. The camera guys have absolutely incredible stories, and people are who have worked with him, uh, whether it is uh, Steve Harrigan, who's out there, or Trey Yinkst, who we've had on, on this show. Um, it's, it's, it's big stuff. These guys do the work and they do it aggressively. It's, it, 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 it's special people. All the danger, none of the glory. Those are the camera guys. Meanwhile, that's a Fox, uh, reporter injured, a Fox cameraman killed and, the question, of course, is, are they targeting any level of press anywhere? It is a theater of war. Let's not deny that. Jen Psaki's supposed to speak, but what is she going to tell me except, you know, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies? Well, I'm in a Fleetwood Mac kind of mind. And USA Today? Uh, man, do they hate women. Those stories coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.